For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And we are back for another edition of Believe in 49ers presented by the Believe Podcast Network. I am your host, Tommy Call III. You can follow me on Twitter at Tommy underscore III. That is a triple I for the third. You can also catch all my written work for all things 49ers via USA Today's Niners Wire. All right, now that we have that out of the way, all the fun stuff, let's get into it because there's a lot to discuss on today's edition of Believe in 49ers. The Niners are coming off a 34-7 loss to the Las Vegas Raiders to open the preseason, and rarely does the score in a preseason game tell you the story of a game, but I'd say in this case, the score is a relatively good summary of that game from start to finish. The 49ers were pushing around, and it very much looked like a preseason opener for a team that was missing most of its veterans. However, there are still a few bases that we need to touch from that game, including the play of Trey Lance specifically, along with a quick recap of what we liked and what we didn't in Las Vegas. Let's also look ahead to the preseason game two against Mr. Unlimited and the Denver Broncos in the Bay Area on Saturday. And along with a little preseason preview, we'll talk a little bit about Brock Purdy's knack for throwing interceptions in practice. Are we worried? Is it a big deal? Is it not? We'll get into all that. And before wrapping up the pod, we'll talk a little fantasy football in relation to the 49ers. I have a draft this weekend. It feels a little early, but it is draft time. And it's definitely time to do your homework if you're into that type of thing. And all right, I'm officially hungry. Let's talk some ball in the main course. Trey Lance. Wow. I want to start this off by talking about the offensive line before we talk about Trey Lance, because it was bad from start to finish. If you're looking for a player to step up on that offensive line, yikes, Trey was under so much pressure. It's a little tough to judge. And on top of that, he looked rusty. And maybe that's kind of the base of this discussion, the base of the problem. Say what you will about Trey, but from his first snap to his last, he looked like a quarterback that hasn't played in a long time. He looked like a quarterback that hasn't seen a live defense in a long time. And when I say live, I mean another defense that's trying to hit him. I know we've talked about joint practices and training camp and all that other fun stuff, but this team was actually going out there and going to wrap up on a sack when they got to him. And he looked bothered by that. His feet looked slow. His decision-making process looked slow. He looked timid. And the completions that he did make, looked a little bit like he was settling. It looked like he did not pull the trigger on the first read and settled for underneath checkdowns, things like that. And while that is all bad for Lance, I'm not sure how much of it we can put it on him, how much of that performance is specifically his fault. Because, you know, with all the tools in the world, he's still only played 19 games at the college level. Fast forward to the NFL, three seasons, eight total games, COVID-19 season, injuries the layoffs are all starting to catch up to him and I don't want to overact to one preseason game here but 
the sample size of his actual take tape was already small and it's only really shrunk since he's been in Santa Clara. The lack of playing time, in my opinion, is beginning to bite him. It's beginning to catch up because the traits are there. And when he aims and fires and rips it, it looks real. It looks like a quarterback one. There is a reason why so many people, myself including, barring the lack of playing time, are still excited about him. When number five is under center, there is so much to be wanted because of those skills, because of the big arm, the athletic ability, the size. Each time he's under center, I am a bit excited. Despite the poor performance, I still believe there's traces of an X factor, an it factor, whatever you want to call it. All those things he did that excited people when he was the number three overall pick, I believe are still there. It doesn't look like it's faded. And a side of me isn't ready just to turn the page on him. I want to see what a polished, polished edition of Trey Lance would look like under center. However, I'm not sure what has to happen for that to happen because the answer to all this feels like playing time. A guy like Trey Lance is going to have some lumps, is going to have some hiccups. We have seen them, but it's not enough. We need to see more for him to get to that polished level of quarterback and giving him consistent playing time with an offense tailored to his game might pull back the curtain a little bit of the mystery of the type of player Trey Lance is, because I can't look at you. I can't talk to you right now and truly tell you who Trey Lance is at this point in his career. So does that mean the 49ers trade him? Because while I might want to see what the former number three overall pick looks like, I'm not sure Kyle Shanahan does. I'm not sure John Lynch does. So what does that mean? Because that decision with him being QB1, I feel like it's so far out of the picture at this point. It's something we don't even need to talk about because it's already been decided. The question comes down to, is he quarterback too? And so if he's not, if Sam Darnold closes that gap or wins that job, what happens to Trey Lance? I'm not sure exactly what the value is, but whatever it takes for him to get more playing time might be the best step for Lance at this moment is his career because it's still difficult to decide what type of player he is. And with two preseason games left, we'll likely get to see more of Lance and we'll li likely get to learn more about the player he is. But right now it's still a question mark. Even with that performance, you, you compound the offensive line, you compound the, the long layoff he's had since he's last played. You have to unfortunately grade him on a bit of a scale. And if you're going to be strict on him, and only grade him for how he played on Sunday against the Raiders, that, to me, it just doesn't seem fair. It seems a little rough, and you need to see a little bit more. And so Saturday, even though we might get to see some Brock Purdy, which is exciting, I'm still more excited for when number five comes under center because I just – I don't know who he is yet. I know we've seen, you know, like I said, a couple games with him, but it's just the, the basis of the judgment is not there yet for me. I'm not ready to give up and turn the page and – I'm sure some people are listening to this right now saying, Tommy, it's, it's over. It's done. I'm just not there yet. I need to see a little bit more. And you got to think back to those traits that excited 49ers fans when they first drafted him, because the side of me thinks it's still there. It, the little things of being a professional NFL quarterback, that's not there yet. And sometimes that takes time to learn just because Brock Purdy kind of bottled up 
some rocket power and the games he started last year and looked smooth and right away, it doesn't happen for everyone. The development is a real thing. I don't think Trey Lance has had that yet at this point in his career, but we didn't just see the quarterback position finally on Sunday. We saw a couple other guys that really stood out to me that I want to talk about good and bad. And starting off, I want to get into our guy, Deshaun Jameson. You know, let's anoint him our first official friend of the program. We talked about him in our last episode as a name we are excited to watch. And he delivered. He popped on special teams with a few impressive returns when he finally got to go back deep. And along with a strong performance and the defensive backfield parlayed with a strong performance in the return game, you're looking at a guy that's not only going to find his way onto the roster as an undrafted free agent, but potentially a name and number we're going to see out there on the field and legitimate snaps for the 49ers this season. This guy through training camp this week after playing in the preseason, he's got more reps at the position and it's deserving and heading into Sunday, excuse me, Saturday against the Broncos getting a little confusing here, bouncing back and forth with these days, but Circle hit Deshaun Jameson as another name that we're excited to watch about again against the Broncos because every time this guy is on the field, my eyes are glued to what he's doing because he had good footwork, some sticky coverage. It, he looked like a real player, and this could be one of those finds that we're talking about in December, November that, man, this guy went undrafted. What did people miss on him? Because he's really starting to show that he's not only just a guy that might make the team, but a very real player for the 49ers as an undrafted free agent. Um, moving on to another rookie that we have to talk about is Ronnie Bell. We didn't talk about him last week on the podcast. Talked a lot about that wide receiver position, the return game of what would happen with Rayburn McLeod's injury. And Bell didn't really get mentioned, but man, he showed us on Sunday in Vegas. Three catches, 58 yards to go along with one rush for 15 yards. He continued to pop throughout the contest along with catching passes, returning kits, kicks with Ray Ray McLeod's injury the 49ers offense need kind of a player to step up on the back the back part of that receiving room and you know it seems like that spot is up for grabs between Ronnie Bell Danny Gray the veterans Willie Sneed Chris Connolly but Bell took advantage in the preseason opener and however he doesn't get a perfect grade after letting the ball slip through his hands from Brandon Allen that turned into an interception a big problem but the full body of work from that game left me with a positive feeling for the rookie pass catcher i mean it's it's going to be interesting to see how he responds against the broncos plenty of reps should be on the table for him and if he continues to kind of seize this moment another guy that we're probably going to be talking about a little bit later on in the season that's going to be coming up and having some catches for the 49ers because kyle shanahan's offense happens to you know develop these guys quickly especially as receivers running backs the skilled position guys kind of flare up year in and year out with the 49ers and it seems like bell is the first guy that we've noticed as a pass catcher and i'm interested to see what he does against the broncos because again he's gonna get a lot of playing time and can he kind of capitalize because he is in my opinion firmly separating the gap between those two veterans like sneed and conley and danny gray um you know, on the defensive side of the ball, we didn't talk about him last week either. And he seems to just be fading, I think, in a lot of fans, 49er fans' opinion. But Ambry Thomas, I mean, he made us pay. He shined on the defensive end of the field, along with flying around in the run game, making a couple big tackles. He was sticky in coverage. He held strong through the catch point, did not let anyone out physical him. 
Um, while it's only one preseason game, it felt like a real step forward, a step towards some form of reemergence with the 49ers, a step, a positive step in his development. And with question marks around the 49ers slot corner position with Isaiah Oliver, um, Ambry Thomas's breakout could be coming at the right time um, for not only the 49ers, but for him at this point in his career. And uh, another, you know, another note, another piece we want to touch on from Sunday's game against the Raiders is Ty Davis price. you know, after Talking about some of these young guys that played well on um, TDP. Well, he didn't play bad by any measure. I was just expecting more because of the buzz through camp. I think we talked about him a lot last week, but you know, behind closed doors, that's a guy that I was extremely excited to watch. It seems like I'm kind of keying on him specifically as a guy to take a step with what I've heard and what I've seen from some of the training camp buzz. And he did look like he had some extra juice, some burst, um, you know, Oh, very decisive as a runner, which I was excited to see, you know, him actually put his foot in the ground and make a cut. Um, but there was still something to be desired there. And, you know, it was hard because the 49ers offensively looked so lackluster and that had to do with every time Trey dropped, dropped back, it looks like he was under pressure. So the run game was tough to develop specifically, but, you know, TDP is definitely a name that we're going to have to bookmark on sat you know for saturday against the broncos he's a guy that should get a lot a lot of reps with injuries still to elijah mitchell like we talked about and we don't really need to see christian mccaffrey in the preseason but that second running back position for the san francisco 49ers is a very important what's the easiest choice you can make window instead of middle seat picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket outsourcing business tasks you hate what about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. One, and guys always seem to break out. And in my opinion, Ty Davis Price is that guy right now. So another name to watch, kind of just bookmarked it because not like he played bad, like I said, but nothing exciting. Sorry, my dogs are trying to make an appearance on the podcast. They have some takes about the 49ers. But, you know, quickly before we move on, there are some other guys that need their flowers that played well on Sunday against the Raiders. It's like Clone Farrell, Sam Darnold, I thought looked sharp 
when he got in the game, only played for a quarter, dialed up that one long ball to Ronnie Bell down the field, looked very pretty, looked like the kid you saw out of USC, very smooth release. Troy Fumagalli made some plays. When the 49ers tight end room is kind of fading in terms of the young guys like Cam Latu, Fumagalli's made some plays. I thought also, you know, speaking of the interception, Brandon Allen, he was zipping the ball around, looked solid. And then Kerry Hyder Jr. all performed well against the Raiders. Got to give those guys their flowers. Those are some of the guys in my notebook that I had circles. But, you know, moving on to the Broncos in Santa Clara on Saturday night, more importantly, looking ahead to the future, all the signs are pointing towards Brock Purdy playing for at least a series, maybe more. How will he look? Will he throw an interception? I think is the question that everybody wants to know. Rumblings from training camp have been buzzing about Purdy's turnovers. He's repeatedly thrown an array of picks in practice, which in my honest opinion, it just does not raise a huge panic meter in my, in my honest opinion. I mean, if it was that bad, I think we would hear more about a competition between Purdy, Lance, and Darnold, but there seems to be no pressure on Purdy at this point. The 49ers brass seem time again, time again to have confidence in him. And if he starts to throw picks or has some slow reads and misses some guys in the preseason in a single series, or if he plays two series, then that's something to talk about. That raises that panic meter a little bit. Shout out to my guy, Bonte Hill, for the panic meter steal. If you watch a little Warriors pre and post game coverage. Um, But I don't think, you know, I don't know what number of picks he'd have to throw in training camp for me to get excited um it is practice at the end of the day and the 49ers have one of the best defenses in the nfl not making excuses for that but turnovers at this point in camp for a guy that is coming off an injury again it just does not raise any type of panic in me or as it shows for the 49ers if i if that makes sense does not seem like shanahan and the rest of the brass are genuinely concerned because you could throw purdy into that mix for the quarterback position for the 49ers. And it just does not seem like we're there yet. So until that starts to become a thing, I'm not specifically worried. Um, Speaking of worry though, heading into the game against the Broncos, can the offensive line protect him? Because, you know, I will still give Lance credit because it was so tough to grade him, how bad the offensive line was. That just cannot happen with Purdy under center. He needs to be protected. He needs to stay upright. It'll be interesting to see how many specific passing plays Shanahan draws up for Purdy with him mending that arm and sending him back there um, on an offensive line that has, you know, some rookies and some young guys mixed in on it in the preseason. How much trust does Shanahan have in that offensive line to protect what looks like is the 49ers starting quarterback heading into the season? And lastly, a guy, you know, we mentioned him earlier, but it's going to be really interesting. Isaiah Oliver, you know, the 49ers free agent signing, when they signed him, I was excited. I thought it was a good move. I thought it was an underrated move. I think that Atlanta's defensive backs played pretty well. And he was surprisingly one of the few projected starters that played in that preseason game. And it looked rough. Um, When the Raiders targeted him, they ripped off chunk plays and he flat out struggled. Um, And, if you look at the 49ers defense up and down, it is one of the elite groups in the National Football League. However, if there is a hole that 
opposing offensive coordinators can attack. It seems like it's that slot corner position. And if Oliver continues to struggle, that raises some concerns because that's a that's a that's a weak spot that that teams will be able to attack. And with guys like Ambry Thomas playing well and Deshaun Jameson, I'd rather see more of those guys if Oliver can't, you know, put it together here. So those are three, that's not necessarily players, but some positions and things we'll be looking at heading into Saturday in Santa Clara against Russell Wilson and the new look Denver Broncos with Sean Payton as their coach. Be exciting. It'll be fun. We'll get to see a little bit. We'll get to see a little taste of some starters and things out there. It is the second preseason game. There's only three now. So I doubt we're going to see a heavy workload from starters and legitimate players in that third game. That'll be, you know, another chance for guys trying to make the team. But um, I talked about this earlier in the pod, and I want to wrap this up with a little fantasy football talk. Fantasy Football season brings the fantasy conversation along with it. And I don't know about you guys, but I have a draft coming up. And I know this is kind of like a faux pas around the fantasy football community, but I love drafting some players from my own team. I like rooting on guys on my fantasy team and guys on my favorite team and it always is nice when your favorite team wins and it's because of one of your fantasy players did well and so kind of what I'm getting at if you're in preparation mode for draft day I looked back at you know the average draft position for 49ers players specifically on different sites like sleeper yahoo ESPN here's kind of a roadmap of where some of these players will fly off the board. So when that round or when that pick comes in your draft, this is kind of the wide range of if you want to reach, you know, that's kind of the tough part. Do you want to reach to land one of these guys on your team or do you want to wait and hope they fall to you and you take them around later because you don't want to be too invested in your favorite team. But if you're a 49er fan, you're in luck because there's not just one guy that you have to battle your other league mates to get. There's multiple guys all over the field where you could potentially draft a guy. If you want Christian McCaffrey, you're going to have to get busy because across the board, he's going in round one. On Yahoo, he's picked 1.9, so the first or second pick. And then on ESPN, is his lowest number is 4.5. Sleeper is two. So you're going to have to attack him early. If you're outside the first three to four picks, Christian McCaffrey will likely end up on a different team and not yours. But... The 49ers, you know, fandom wagon does not stop there. We move on to Debo Samuel, who's the next guy coming off the board in round three. 41, 38, and 38 are his projections in draft day. So keep an eye on Debo in the third round. And moving right on to the fourth round is George Kittle, who seemed to have a great connection with Brock Purdy, scoring a lot of touchdowns last season. He is in round four at picks 42-48 and 46 across the respective different fantasy sites like Yahoo, ESPN, and Sleeper. So that's where you'll have to take Kittle if you want to grab an elite tight end like him. It's round four. And I think that's pretty steady value because all eyes will obviously be on Travis Kelsey, and that's going to go quickly. But I think you can land a legitimate player that's going to give you a big advantage over the rest of your league with a guy like Kittle who's going to be heavily involved in this offense and not come off the field a ton. Uh, Because he's so effective in the run game. But here is the guy that if you watch, listen, 
any type of fantasy conversation, Brandon Ayuk is that hot name. He is the breakout guy people are targeting, and you can easily understand why. So if you want him, this might be the stage to reach. He's going up between round six and seven in most drafts. And sleeper, he's picked 68. ESPN is 87. And Yahoo, he's 72. So Brandon Ayuk kind of come across the, off the board as like a flex wide receiver three position. But if you're comfortable enough grabbing him as wide receiver two, you can reach on him a little bit. But it'll have to be probably around round five, especially if you're in the Bay Area and you're battling against a lot of other 49er fans, I think. Brandon Ayuk is going to be a player people are interested in. And that's kind of where, you know, most of the 49ers significant fantasy options are coming off the board. You got Brock Purdy, who's also on here. I think Yahoo is his highest rating at pick 121 later in the draft. There's Elijah Mitchell, but we've also know about his injuries right now, which could concern you going into draft day. TDP, a guy we talked about, could be a sneaky pick at the end of drafts. But that kind of wraps it up for 49ers options on draft day. I wish all of you good luck unless you're in one of my leagues. I think I got like five or six drafts starting with one on Sunday. My wife's probably going to kill me list, you know, having to watch all the fantasy football content and listen to all the fun stuff. But I'm excited. It just means football season is closer and closer. Um, but that's going to do it for us on this new edition of Believe in 49ers. I want to thank you all for listening and massive thank you to the reception I got for episode one. A lot of people reached out to me. We're happy and I'm so happy to be a part of the Believe Podcast Network and thank you to all the people that made that happen. And we're just going to get better and better as we keep chugging along here on Believe in 49ers. We will be back quickly for you with an episode breakdown of the 49ers preseason game against the Broncos. Catch us back here on the Believe Podcast Network. My dog says hello, and that's going to do it for us today. We'll see you next week. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, that's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.